Hallelujah. What a gift we have in Isaac, amen? I remember when he, we first heard him sing, he came to the children's church, and we go, well, let's see what you can do. And he started playing that, and we went, whoa. <laughs> yeah, come on down, brother. <laughs> we need you. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come before you. We thank you that your word is rich. It's true. It will change our hearts and our lives. So I ask you, Lord, just to impart your spirit into the people so that they can receive all that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. So we're on a series called Seek Peace and Pursue It. And the subtitle for this week is The Peace That Passes All Understanding. Isn't that good news? It, your mind can't understand it, but you have peace in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of situations in your life that are not, you know, so good. Because we live in a tumultuous society. Did you know that? All you have to do is listen on the news, and you'll see some crazy things that are happening. But the Bible says, in the last days, there will be perilous times, dangerous times, times that, you know, are frightful. And we look at our economic situation in the world, you go, man, that's kind of frightful. You look at your own economic situation, you go, that's kind of frightful. You know, you have health issues, you have relationship issues, you have family issues, kid issues, you have uh, neighbor issues, you have work, you've got all kinds of issues. And the Bible says we're supposed to have peace in the midst of turmoil. How can that be? It, you know, you have turmoil, but then you're supposed to have peace. You're supposed to have the peace of God. How does that happen? Well, let's look at this one guy here. It, he's not, he doesn't have peace, does he? He's, at, he's at, at work. You ever have problems at work? Some of you that are still working. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it bothers you. It bothers you for a while. You go home, and you toss, and you turn, and you wait for something to happen. You wonder, like, God, how, how did I get in this mess? And then you go to work, and all of a sudden, it's, it's taken care of somehow. I don't know how God does that. But what you have to do is, you know, it would be nice. Next, next slide. It would be nice if you had your office right there. Wouldn't it be nice? Just, ah, just relaxing, you know. Have it in your mind. You're on a desert island. There's nobody bothering you. But guess what? Even on a desert island, guess what? You can have a hurricane or a tornado or something. Just wipe it out. So our secret is the next slide says that we're supposed to be able to think about us being at peace even in the midst of trouble, in the midst of situations that we're facing. That guy looks happy, doesn't he? So, you, you know, <laughs> so he asked, how can you have peace in the midst of trouble? Well, Jesus addressed this in John 16, Let's look at that. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation, you will have trouble, but... Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So in one part of the sentence, he says you're going to have trouble, but then right in the same breath, he says, but be of good cheer. It's going to be okay. You can have peace. Well, how do you do that? How do you have trouble? How do you have peace in the midst of trouble? Well, the apostle Paul is going to talk to us about that in Philippians 4. And the apostle Paul, do you think he had trouble in his situations, in his life? Or he just, just, no. no, he had trouble, didn't they? They tried to kill him, they tried to beat him, they tried to throw him overboard, he was shipwrecked, uh, he had to come down a wall in a basket to avoid the, the people that are after him. So he starts this church in Philippi, and guess what happens? He goes to prison. He's in prison in Rome, and he writes a, a, a letter back to the Philippians to tell him how he's doing. 
And uh, he's in prison. He's facing probably a, uh, uh, a, a violent death. And he's got trouble in the church. People are not doing the things that they're supposed to do. Can you imagine that? In church, people are not doing the things they're supposed to do. He, he said he was weeping while he was writing. He said, these people are the enemies of the cross of Christ. They're not acting right. They're doing crazy things. And two people in there, Eodius and Syntyche, they're in a fight. Two, two ladies that are supposed to be ministering, they're fighting and they're bickering. And he has to write, says, some of you, can somebody please get, talk some sense into these ladies? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's pretty bad when they have to write your name in the Bible of causing trouble, isn't it? When we get to heaven, go, where is that Euadius and Syntyche? Where, where are they? You troublemaking ladies. But anyway, so he, he had trouble. He's in prison, and he's waiting uh, or, or sending a letter, and he's saying, here's what he says. In the midst of all this trouble, what does he say? Let me see this scripture. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always. And then he says, again, I say rejoice. In other words, in case you didn't get it the first time, let me say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That's why we can rejoice. The Lord is at hand. He's with you in everything that you're facing. Isn't that good news? Then it says, be anxious for nothing. How many things? Nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! There's no problem that you're facing that God didn't say, I will take care of it. Start rejoicing before you see the answer. Why? I'm with you. I'm at hand. I know what you're going through. I'm going to walk you through it. Praise the Lord. So in this scripture, we're going to find three ingredients on how to have peace. Isn't that nice that he, he, he outlined it for us? Okay, let's look at the first ingredient. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, uh, rejoice or having peace, the word peace means shalom. And the definition of shalom means as it should be. One of the definitions, as it should be. How many of you know we're in this world, but it's not as it should be? Sometimes I have see situations, and I take a quote from Smith Wigglesworth, and he said one time he had a pocket watch, and it fell down and it broke. It was a new pocket watch. And he picked it up and he went, this ought not be. And all of a sudden, it started working. <laughs> this ought not be. There's some things in our life, this ought not be. I was listening to one minister. He said he was, he was on a plane trip. It was going to be a 10-hour plane trip. And he was in coach, and he goes, this is very crowded in here. This ought not be. So he said, he thought he was saying it in his mind. He said, before this plane takes off, I'm going to be in first class. Everybody around him looked at him like, ah. He said, I didn't know I was saying it out loud. <laughs> so what happened was they double booked that, that seat, and a lady came and said, sir, you're in my seat. And the stewardess say, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Do you mind if we bump you up to first class? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, this ought not be. Amen. God is watching over you. So 
as it was when God created Adam and Eve, there was what? First, there was peace with God and man, right? He was in the, the cool of the evening, and they would, the Lord would speak to them. They had fellowship. They were rejoicing with him, correct? Adam and Eve had peace with each other. There was no fights. There was no honeymoon fights. There was no uh, situations where they got mad at each other, and there was peace in the situation. Everything was calm. But then when sin came, guess what happened? Adam felt ashamed and fearful and hid from the Lord. His first experience of, of hiding and being fearful, he hid from the Lord. And the Lord said, where are you, Adam? And he said, I sin. So sin will separate you from God. But thank God Jesus came and took away that separation. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do you think Adam and Eve had a little bit of an argument after they got kicked out of the garden? I think so. I, I think so. Eve was at home sweeping, you know, the dust. She goes, I don't know where all this dust comes from. Adam says, well, if you hadn't eaten of that, that fruit... We wouldn't be in this problem. <laughs> and he says, how do you think I feel? I got to go out and hunt and garden, you know. If you hadn't eaten that fruit, we would have had a nice life. She said, well, some things that need to be fixing around here. The washing machine doesn't work. <laughs> the stove's on the brink again. Okay, Eve, I'll get to it. I'll get to it, right? So they had... They, <laughs> They had things that weren't right. But guess what? We can rejoice in the Lord always. So what was restored when Jesus came? The foundation for our peace was restored. We have peace with God now, our relationship in the Lord. The Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we rejoice in the Lord, we have his presence come upon us. Did you know that? And I don't know how, you know, expressive you are, but I'm telling you, the more you can express yourself, the more he comes in and inhabits the praises of his people. I, I, I get pretty expressive. I didn't used to be, but I learned to be because I found out when I started jumping and dancing and shouting, he said, okay, let's go. God said, I love that. Remember when he told the children of Israel, I want you to march around the walls of Jericho, and then I want you to shout? And they said, well, we don't shout at this church. Uh, you know, we just try to keep it calm and just collective. He said, I don't care. I need you to shout the walls down. And when you have situations in your life that need to be shouted down, God says, take authority and shout. Amen? With the voice of triumph. So, you know, I was trying to think in my life, when did I ever get excited before I was a Christian? And the only thing I could think of is when I was, you know, watching baseball, playing baseball, and I can remember in 1959, when I was nine years old, watching the Dodgers play an elimination game against the Milwaukee Braves. And I'm all alone in my living room watching my black and white TV. <laughs> my mom was outside. I can remember it so, so vividly. And the, the, the winning run is getting ready to come around and score. And they threw the ball, and the catcher dropped it. And the run scored, and I went, hey, all right, that's great, okay. But now I've had to switch it. Now, when I'm excited about the Lord, I do the same thing. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why? I'm rejoicing in the Lord, in the power of his might. Praise God. 
So I don't know how excited you can be, but be just a little more excited than you are. Watch what God will do. Praise God. So I don't know, in the Bible, I was trying to find, in the Bible, where is there some place where there's some excitement and there's some joy? And so I looked at Acts chapter 3. Anybody know that story where uh, Peter and John are going into the temple, the hour of prayer? There's a lame man from his mother's womb who was sitting there. <laughs> Here's the lame man right there. We didn't rehearse this, so I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> he's, all right. Lame for, okay. He's, he's going to be talking too, okay. <laughs> so P Peter and John, can you get up on the step there, lame guy? Yes, praise the Lord. Well, he's an acting major at school, so... You're gonna, we're going to get a lot more than what we counted for here. This isn't Shakespeare. So, uh, let's see what happened here. Okay, so, so Peter and John, going into the temple, asked for alms. This guy asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look on us. So he gave him this instruction. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Thank you. I've never walked before. Oh, that's good. Really. This is very interesting. This is very different. Though. You're feeling good? Yeah. Oh, good. Praise well, God. Well, finally. Okay. Is that the way it happens, scholars? Anybody know? Norma, you know, huh? Acts 3, is that the way it ends? Is that the way it ends? Yes? Come on. Come on. Get back down there, lame guy. That's not... <laughs> I curse you again. <laughs> that's not the way it ended. Here's what my Bible says. After he said, rise up and walk, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping and walking and praising God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I can walk. I've never walked. Praise God. I can leap and jump, and I can be mobile, and I don't have to beg for alms anymore. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. There you go. That's our lame guy that got healed. Amen. He was, would you, how would you feel if you, got, if you got healed? You hadn't been able to walk or see. Amen. How do you feel when God ministers to you and, and brings you provision? Do you just go, oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's so wonderful. I'm so glad that you were able to come through. No, you get excited. But the Bible says that we're supposed to rejoice before we see what happens. Don't wait for the battle is over. Shout now. That's, that's your thanksgiving, that's your believing that God's going to do it before it happens. And he says, I like that faith. I believe that what you've, you're, you're saying and believing will come to pass. So that's the first ingredient is to have joy and peace with God. Rejoice with him. Because you know what? When you do that, you have confidence to know that God is with you because he is with you. So whatever you're facing, the Bible says that all things work together for your good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So when things don't go right, you don't, you don't freak out. You go like, God is going to do it because he's my God. Praise God. So let's look at this here. Uh, so the second thing is 
Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see the picture. Oh, did we miss the picture? There it is. Rejoice, rejoice. Lift your hands up. Surrender unto God. Receive his blessing. Let him come upon you. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord. Oh, don't they look happy? Don't they look, you know, like the presence of the Lord is on them? Isn't that nice? Good news? Okay, so the second thing, let's look at this next uh, scripture. It says, let your gentleness be known to all men. I think that's pretty interesting, your gentleness. You, we're supposed to be a people that are gentle. And you're supposed to be known. Do, do, do people describe you as being a very gentle person? Oh, he's so gentle. What does that mean to be gentle? It means to be able to receive um, your prayer or, you know, in God's eyes. Because David said, your gentleness has made me great. In other words, you answered my prayer. You were there. You have a soft heart towards me. We have to have a soft heart towards people. Let's see this, the, the picture. Here's an old man, and the man is taking, the young man is taking time to help him across wherever he's going. Your gentleness has made me great. So we have to be kind to others. Love others. And this is one of the ingredients to have peace. Because if you don't have peace with your fellow man, you're not going to have peace with God. God said, what, Jesus said, what are the two commandments? Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. And the second is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you feel like you're in trouble or in danger and someone helps you, you go, oh, God was good to me. Praise the Lord. So you can be used by God to do that. So uh, the Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. Now, do you know that in every situation, it's not going to be exactly perfect the way you want it? The person that you're working with, it has imperfections. Did you know that? <laughs> but you have to be the difference. You have to be the shock absorber. You know what a shock absorber does? It eases the hardness of the road. You're on the road and you're, it's, it's bumpy, but your shocks keep you smooth. So people may rub you the wrong way, they may grieve you, they may upset you, but you have to be the one that makes, is the difference that makes the peace in a situation. You have to be able to be creative and say things that will make them not look so bad and encourage them and lift them up, even in the midst of their nastiness. Amen? Jesus did it. When they were crucifying, what did he say? Lord, strike these guys down. Let them never see heaven again. No, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He made an excuse for them. He made a, a, a way to, to, to cause space to happen in their relationship with God. He gave them a, an hour. And, the, and the, the, uh, one of the thieves said, truly, this is the Son of God, truly. When you go into your kingdom, Lord, let me be part of it. He saw that. Amen? So when you're kind to people, when you're gentle to people, uh, God will be there with you. He'll help you, and uh, they'll realize that you are the difference. Now, you know, in relationships, can I help you with this? You don't have to be right all the time. I don't know if you knew that. You, you don't have to make your point to the nth degree to prove that they're wrong and you're right and that they should feel bad, that they should get in line with your thinking. Your thinking is the only way, the only thing that matters. You ever, you ever do that in conversation? Oh, no, that's not right. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know if you, you ever had that experience. I have a friend who is of the Muslim religion. He really is a good friend. He's actually, you know, he, he services a lot of, um, 
churches, and they think he's Christian, but he's not because he has a lot of the attributes. So he, uh, he came here, and he saw what they were doing in our asphalt and doing the, the church. So he said, you know, I need some asphalt done, uh, some work done at my house. He has a big, big house, a lot of asphalt. And I go, well, you know, if you use my name, you can get a Christian discount. <laughs> he goes, okay, I'll be Christian for a while. <laughs> So he called the guy, and he, he, uh, he said, uh, well, it would cost you $15,000. He goes, well, I know Pastor Chuck. <laughs> so the guy said, well, what, what would you pay for it? He said, well, I'll pay $12,000. He says, okay, I'll give it to you for $12,000. He came out, and he made it all nice. And so I returned the favor. I went to go look at it and make sure they did a good job. And as uh, I came there, his wife was there, and she came out, and she gave us some, she, they're from Iraq, she gave us some um, fig leaves, fig, figs, and some juice, and we sat down and found out that she was a Christian, but then she, after marrying this guy, changed her religions. And I said, well, how could you change your religion from Christianity to another religion? How could you do that? She said, well, I saw how kind he was and how loving he was, and so I, I changed. And so my, I told my wife the story. She goes, Yeah. She lost her salvation because he's kind. I don't think so. that would be a good reason to, to switch. But anyway, as we were discussing, and this took over an hour, as we were discussing, uh, I could have caught her on a lot of points. I could have changed her mind. We used in scripture. But I could see she wasn't being moved. You ever, you ever, been, you ever, been, ever been in that kind of conversation? Where it's, whatever, it's not going to change. The, so I said, you know what? I go, you believe strongly what you believe. I believe strongly when I believe. Only the Lord can make up the difference. Only the Lord can tell us who's right and who's wrong. So let's just pray that the Lord would, would uh, change our hearts. She goes, yeah. I go, can I pray over you? I go, sure. So I prayed over her and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost came on her. And her eyes bugged out and she went like, whoa, you know. You know a God that I don't know. <laughs> so she, I didn't ask her to change religion right there. But I was planting a seed. I was being a shock absorber. I wasn't trying to cause more friction. I wasn't trying to cause more, uh, you know, um, harm than good. So we have to be the one that softens the blow. Now, Jesus said in relationships, guess what? He says, if you come to the altar to worship the Lord and you realize, you remember somebody has ought against you, what do you do? You leave the gift at the altar and you go and make peace with that guy. And then you come back and worship. So you, it's no good to worship if you've got all these people that don't like you and you haven't made peace, you haven't changed the situation. With my wife, when we first got married, uh, I was discussing some things with her, trying to get her to see my line of reasoning. And she said, you better be kind to me, because if you don't, your prayers will be hindered. I went, what? Prayers? Because, just because I'm not... Nicely, she goes, yeah, 1 Peter 3, 7. That's the first Bible verse she showed me. I went there and it says, it says uh, <laughs> husbands, dwell your, with your wives according to knowledge, for they are the weaker vessel, lest your prayers be hindered. I go, oh, I got to be nice to you. <laughs> I got to agree with you <laughs> if I want my prayer. Oh, my gosh. I can't argue. I can't force my way upon you. So anyway, she was pretty, she, she showed me on that one. <laughs> so, so if you want to go to a prayer meeting and your wife or your husband is not 
at peace with you, you may as well just turn around and go back and make peace and then go to the prayer meeting. Praise God, because your prayers will be hindered. They will be of no effect. Praise the Lord. Okay, the third thing. Are you getting all this down? First is what? Rejoice in the Lord. Always, no matter what you're facing. Secondly is what? Be gentle, kind, loving, responsive to people. Don't make waves. Don't try to... You ever, you ever make waves at church or at work? Don't you feel bad when you go home? You feel like, man, I just don't feel right. Because what? We're joined to each other. And when you, you don't make peace with somebody, it, it upsets you. And it upsets, upsets the Lord. So the third thing is, the next slide is, be anxious for nothing. Now, anxiety is a mighty power that will rob you and strip you of all your strength in your mind, in your body, in your heart. Especially those of you that have a vivid imagination. You can imagine things that are going to happen before they happen, and it's larger than what even could possibly happen. I know at work sometimes I get in trouble for something. I'm going, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? And so I just pray to God, kind of like what um, Jacob did. He wrestled with the angel. You're wrestling with God to get some help. Then you wake up and you find out the situation's already been turned around. God turned it around for your good. So be anxious for nothing. Our, our situation shouldn't dictate how we feel or how we respond in our life. It, we, we can't be captive to our situations. Can I get an amen? And you say, well, what does it say? Be anxious for nothing but what? In everything by prayer and supplication. I already tried that, Pastor Chuck. I already prayed, nothing happened. Oh, come on. This is not instant Christianity. This is not microwave, you know, God working in your behalf. How many of you know sometimes it takes a little time to get things going? You know, God has, is on his own time plan, his own time schedule, and he's got everything worked out. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God is not working behind the scenes. You have to believe that God is doing things that you don't know about. He is the difference. So, the kind of prayer I'm talking about is when you lay your life before the Lord, you spend time understanding who he is, what he is, what he can do for you in your life, what relationship you have with him, how he's been with you all your life. Quit complaining, quit griping, keep, just know that God's going to work together, all things together for my good. You have to marionate yourself in the Lord. Can I get an amen? Mar what does it mean to marionate? Those of you that cook, what? You soak it. How long? Hours. Long time. Overnight. Why you soak it? Because you want all that flavor to get in the inner parts of every part of that steak or whatever, chicken or whatever you're cooking, right? So that when you taste it, you find the flavor and the character of what has been soaking in there. So our life should be a character of what God has been doing. And that we, when we pray to him, it's not an instantaneous God you're going to do. It. It's like, God, I know who you are. I know what you can do in my life. I know what you're going to do, and I'm trusting and believing in you. It takes the stress and the, uh, the trouble out of your life and gives you peace. I don't care how, when we were in the community center 12 years, that's a long time. Amen? I had trust and belief. God, you're going to find a way. I don't know where it is, but instantaneously it happened. I mean, we're here at the church, and, and Pastor George said, you know what? Pastor Chuck, why don't you take over? I'm going to go do something else. Here's the keys. God bless you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't have to build anything. 
We don't have to get a, a, a building program. No, it's all, you take the keys. Goodbye. <laughs> He's happy, we're happy, everybody's happy. Why? God was working behind the scenes, preparing him for a place where he's supposed to go. I see him on Facebook. Him and, him and Sue are, are, are just happy. They're smiling. I see him in the meetings that we go to on Tuesday. He's happy. Because what? God had a plan for him. He had a plan for us. So we have to let uh, God's love, his grace, his covenant working power permeate, marinate into our lives. And so when we do that, Let's see this guy praying here. Here he is. He's permeating. <laughs> He's marinating in the love of God. And when we do that, guess what happens? Let's see the scripture, the next scripture. Then the peace of God, hallelujah. Just the sound of that sounds good, doesn't it? The peace of God, which passes all understanding. Your mind is going to flip out. Why am I at peace? I prayed with people before that are in desperate situations and they say, I don't know what it is, but I just have the peace of God. I'm so, I'm so happy. I know uh, Tissa has some, a family member that is in the hospital. They had a baby. It was a uh, premature baby, two, two pounds. And uh, the mother is, has, she had to have, have a trans, blood transfusion, oxygen uh, put to her on IVs, just trying to survive. I called the hospital and the father said, yeah, everything's fine. She's going to be all right. I know God's working. Praise God. Why? Peace that passes all understanding. Your mind can't figure it out. You're wondering what's going on. God said, I got this. Praise God. We'll guard your heart and your mind through Christ. We need our heart and our mind guarded. Otherwise, we're going to go crazy. So, here's the three things. If you're taking notes and you want to do this at home, rejoice in the Lord. Have fellowship with him. Get excited about him. Dance with him. Sing with him. Do something that you haven't done before. Just lift your arms just a little bit higher. J j maybe just get up off the ground just a little bit, okay? You'll see God do great things. I, I did this at a men's meeting one time ago because I would do it at home, and I would just jump up, and, and, and God would come. i go, men, let's do this. And we did it, and the Holy Spirit just came, just permeated the building. So rejoice in the Lord. Have right relationships with those that you come in contact with. If there's somebody that you don't get along with, even right now, call them up. Say, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I, I wrong. <laughs> you right. Why? You make peace. You married men know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> I wrong. You know, it, it's a humbling thing, but guess what? It brings peace. Don't you, isn't it better to have peace than to be right? Praise God. Okay. And the third thing is what? Don't be anxious, but to pray about everything. Not just a throw-up prayer, just like, a, like a, a, a desperate, frantic, Lord, help me. I mean, that works, but you know what? There's a, there's a saturation that comes when you're praying. Letting the Lord come upon you. And let him get your direction in your life. So sat, <clears throat> saturate yourself. And then if you do this, here's how you're going to look. Last, last picture. There you go. The peace, that, that's why I want you guys to come in next week, okay? <laughs> the peace of God which passes all understanding guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let's stand to our feet for a minute.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just want the peace of God to come upon you right now. Whatever you're facing, whatever situation that may be in front of you, know that God is under, has everything under control, that he's working together for your good. Lift up your hands, church, and just say, Lord, I just give it all to you. I rejoice in you, Lord God. I rejoice in your goodness. I rejoice in your love. I rejoice in the fact that you work all things out together for my good. I trust you, Lord. I thank you that I have sweet fellowship with you. I thank you that I have peace with my neighbor, peace with those that I come in contact with in my family and everybody that I'm at work with, even my neighbors. Lord, I'm a peaceful person. I'm a gentle person. And I thank you that I pray. I'm not anxious about anything. But I allow you to be in my life, to take control. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.